What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Steeler Fury. This is your SteelerFury.com podcast, uh, and I am your host, Brad Shadabin, a.k.a. Will Massasak, a.k.a. Um, that guy who lives here, according to my wife. Uh, and uh, we are joined today, as always, by uh, my excellent cohorts uh, who aren't at all curmudgeonly or in a bad mood ever, uh, <laughs> starting with from Pittsburgh Suburban Zone 22. He isn't really from Pittsburgh Suburban Zone 22. His name is Perch. He is with us. How are you, sir? A.K.A. Marcus Gilbert's drug dealer. Yeah. If, if you work at GNC, probably. Uh, also with us uh, from somewhere d- deep in the South, uh, in more ways than one, his <laughs> name is FC. How are you, sir? I you. am doing well, sir. Doing well. Yeah, well, uh, we had a, just what the doctor ordered on Thursday. Because um, if you have like a, you know, a, even a win that's a sort of a bad, irritating win, um, as, as if Cleveland Browns fans knew what that is. Um, a bad, irritating win, and then you have the extra time to think about it. It's bad, but instead they had actually a pretty good-looking win. Uh, and I'm going to start with you, FC. What was your take on Thursday night? Can you still remember back there to the Colts game or the sure. Titans game? I didn't smoke myself that retarded yet. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, it was, the Steelers did a lot of the things that we've been looking for this season. Um, the more new huddle. They passed in the middle of the field. Um, They showed, you know, different routes. They showed progressions off those routes. They showed their run game. They showed counters off their run game with the passing game. They didn't turn the ball over. And, uh, you know, overall, uh, it was solid. Um, I believe Tennessee came out with a game plan where Le'Veon Bell was definitely not going to beat them. And uh, they they used the control passing game, no huddle, and just pretty much dominated. I think the Steelers... Probably could have put up fifty-five or sixty if they tried. Yeah, uh, Perch, what did you what did you make of this? How eerily similar was that game to us being on the opposite end against uh, Brady and Belichick whenever Dick LeBeau was here? I mean, it's exactly what the Steelers effectively copied that game plan. Hey, you're gonna you're gonna load the box and stop the run. You're gonna blitz us. You're gonna play soft coverage. We're gonna get the ball out of our hands, three step drop and gone, and move up and down the field at will. That's what they did, and it was you know it was fun to to see and to be on the on the winning side of that for once. But you know, just it it, it's, it makes you kind of wonder why in other games this year the Steelers weren't able to take take advantage when people were selling out to uh, uh, you know stop Le'Veon. In our passing game, just would never you know, quite click. We'd throw the deep ball. I think a lot of the other teams had played you know some tight man coverage on the outside where LeBeau kind of kept off in a little softer zone. And we were able to take advantage of that, but uh, yeah, it was it was good to see you know them come out and start with a no huddle and have success with it, and then 
immediately go away from it and struggle and then come back to it later and have it work again. So, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Yeah, well, to that end, I mean, it's it's undeniable. Ben was talking about in his uh, show yesterday uh, that after the first drive, they went they went away from the no huddle until the two minute drill, the end of the first half, and then used it almost the entire second half until the end stages. There, basically, what that means, FC, is the Steelers scored thirty seven points in thirty minutes ish running the no huddle, and they scored three points in twenty five minutes of running the huddle. So, I mean, is it just that they're afraid it's going to get old or they're afraid to tire out their defense? But, you know, we've, we've had this argument about 15,000 times, but watching that game, was could it have been more apparent? No. I mean, um, it shows you that, you know, an elite quality quarterback has a better feel for the game and what's going on than an offensive quarterback. I mean, there's no – I mean – there's no getting around it. I mean, the Steelers even mixed in the run out of no huddle as much as they wanted to. If the if there was eight or more in the box, where we threw the ball. And Tennessee was not coming out of eight in the box, so you know we continued to throw the ball. I guarantee if Todd Haley was if if we were no huddle, we would have been attempting to have thirty five run attempts, rush attempts, because it's what we do. We do what we do, and you know the the, the there's no arguing. You know the 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 product that was put on the field, you know, last Thursday versus, you know, I hope Tom Todd Haley doesn't script any plays or anything like that from now on. I hope he just says, Hey, Ben, go have fun. Well, it did look a little bit like he wasn't saying anything anytime that they looked at him, like one time, like he turned to somebody and told them what the, you know, what the play call was or whatever, but funny right. um, perch, uh, you know, I mean, is it, you, you, I know you mentioned that you didn't like the overhead view very much for the standard, viewing of the game or the, you know, whatever you want to call that view, uh, the, the Madden view, um, <laughs> sky cam, but, uh, it, it does sort of give you a, you know, it's sort of looking at what Ben is looking at, gives you a much better feel for what's going on with this offense. I think. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's bitch about the sky cam for a little bit. I think that okay. like you, you know, so, so the 10% of football nerds out there that actually watch games that are really into the X's and O's and all that stuff you know, they they just can't control themselves about how much they love that view. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> which which I could have been a part of had they used it properly. It cannot be the primary view of the game. What, what would be really nice if they had the standard view, you know, up from the air in the sideline, the 50-yard view, where you could see all the receivers and see where – I mean, 90% of fans watch where the ball is. And I understand, you know, if you're really into football and the X's and O's, you're watching, you know, the blocking schemes and you're watching the games within a game – and that's all great, but when I'm watching a game, I just want to see the overall picture and then come back later and break it down. I'd really like to see those guys after the play is over instead of hearing Chris Collinsworth rattle on about some inane bullshit that he's story he's told 20 times, uh, then cut back to show us that view. Okay, so here's the game. Let me show you the game from the 50-yard bird's eye view. You can see what happened. Now let's run that play back from basically the quarterback's view, from the sky cam view, and you could see how the play develops and see how those offensive linemen move and all that. I mean, anytime you're snapping the ball and I can't see the receivers on the outside, you know, it just it, it's it's a bad view, you know, and, and it's, you can't see the yard lines. I mean, there were plays that I couldn't tell was that a five yard gain or a forty five yard gain. I have no idea what just happened on that one Titans drive where they threw that forty five yard pass. It looked like about twelve because you couldn't see. I was watching the game with uh, with my 11 year old, 10 year old son, 
And he's like, I don't like this view. It makes me nervous. So why does it make you nervous? He's like, all I can see is all these defenders, and I think Ben's going to throw an interception every play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, welcome to the NFL. That's what it's like. And he's like, yeah, it, just, it makes me nervous. I think that there's too many there's too many defenders out there. It feels like you're playing the game. But, yeah. you know, I, you know it's, it, to me, it's a really cool tool. It can't be the primary view, though. I, I think that the way they did it was horrible. I think that there's a lot of merit to it, though. Um, so hopefully they could find a happy marriage there. But as a primary view... I mean, it was shaky. There was times where you felt like you were getting seasick because the camera angles were off, and I, I don't know. But that—that's my personal rant. I know you had a different take than I did on it, but that's—that's kind of. I mean, I just—I just thought. I mean, first of all, they didn't use it as much as the for the primary view as people think they did. Like on the rewatch, I was really surprised at they used it at the beginning, which is which set the whole thing up in terms of how people felt about it. But it's funny, like they didn't—they didn't. They didn't I, I'll bet it was. 40% of the time that they used it as the primary view, but that still was really hard for people to adjust to. And I, and I get it. It's like, you're, you've been, you've been used to watching the game a certain way for 40 years. It's hard to, it's hard to just suddenly like switch to this other thing. Um, on the other hand, I, I would pay for that. I mean, like me, that's, that's the, that's the way to watch the game. It just feels like you're seeing what's going on a lot more. Um, but you know, that's me. Um, FC, I, I guess the other, the other thing about that is, uh, you know, just this sense about the middle of the field. You know, you could just you can just tell uh, when there's not really any action in the middle of the field. It jumps out at you in that view, does it not? It does. Um, I actually, uh, I I'm a football nerd. I love to watch the the broth develop and the blocking schemes, and I thought that was one of the most brutal things I ever watched. If the Steelers <laughs> laid an egg. There's a decent chance that I'd be spending a thousand bucks or more on a TV because I'd have thrown shit at it. Um, I completely, I could, I can't believe how much I agree with what Pert said. Um, I believe it's a tool. No, 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 no. I mean, he every single point no, that he went I'm through. I'm laughing. I'm just laughing at you saying you can't believe how much you agree with him because you know. No, I mean, like everything he said, I was like, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, I was going to say that. Um, the only thing that I would add is uh, I would, uh, if I was Perch, I would explain to my son. We don't have Cordell Stewart or Neil O'Donnell as our quarterback anymore. Ben's not going to throw an interception every play. But other than that, you know. uh, Or Nate Peterman, for that matter. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, But it was brutal. And I guess you can also – I guess a view in the point that you're bringing up is it shows you some of the limitations of the Steelers' offense or what they're not doing at this point, meaning they're not showing – you know, too much, you know, between the hashes in the passing game. They did a lot against Tennessee, a lot more than they had since probably, or excuse me, against Tennessee, probably since they, the Kansas City game. Um, that NFL Next Generation stats where you get to see, you know, the, where where the passing distribution, you know, takes place for, for the team. It's ridiculous how much we throw the ball on the outside and how much vertical passing that the Steelers actually attempt to do. Yeah. Um, by the way, I hope it, for neither of you uh, that you live long enough to see what's coming because I was at a demo uh, a few months ago where they showed uh, the view from the quarterback's perspective where the, what they do is they take a combination of all the cam- cameras all around the stadium and including the sky cam and everything else. And they make a view that is from ground level from the quarterback's perspective. They stitch this stuff together right now, the way it exists, they can only do it for replays. So you could, they could add it as a feature, for instance, on uh, you know the, uh, NFL.com or something like that. But the but the goal is 
to get it running fast enough that they'll be able to do it real time. And when that happens, people will watch, you could watch the game in virtual reality, basically on your, you know, PlayStation or whatever. I mean, it's, it's like, that's what's going to happen. People are going to watch with a headset and feel like they're in the action and it won't be for anybody old. You know, it'll just be for like kids uh, probably to start, but that's a, that's where it's headed. I think is this, this idea that you get immersed, immersive uh, experiences for all kinds of stuff like that. Anyway, so hopefully you'll <laughs> your football watching days will be over by the time that becomes the main way to watch the game. Uh, so, Perch, uh, aside from SkyCam, um, Steelers defense again. It's worth mentioning. Gave up another, uh, you know, couple of long pass plays. Um, this is is this just a function of trying to do some different things rather than just sitting back and letting teams eat you alive underneath? Yeah, I mean, it was you know, Mariota's probably the second best quarterback they'll face in the final eight games of the season too. So, you know, those guys are going to get their plays. And, you know, the one play, um, again, it was another sort of busted coverage and missed tackles. I mean, that's kind of the (laughs) – nobody seems to really score in the Steelers a whole lot by marching down the field and and completing ten good plays. It's, you know, one big busted play that gets them down there or gets the long touchdowns kind of what's gone on. But – yeah, I, I don't know if it's just uh, being a little bit more aggressive, mixing things up. You've had, you know, two injuries in the secondary and, and some miscommunications. You still have a couple of young guys, you know, second-year players starting. And actually, I'm probably a little bit more surprised that that hasn't happened more this year. But, um, you know, it is what it is. As long as they can kind of limit it to, you know, play a game, uh, it shouldn't hurt them uh, in, the, in the short term anyway. So, FC, I, I, I imagine you were surprised, by the way, since the ball played – <laughs> excuse me um how, how does this bode for for going forward is it more like he he was successful for one game but won't hold up over the long haul i thought he was i mean he's played pretty much a game in two and a half quarters three quarters and i thought that he's done pretty good job um i think that if you take those six seven quarters of football and you compare them to the corner on the other side of the field there's no comparison i'm far far more concerned with that piece of shit already burns than I am with Cody Sensabaugh in the lineup. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's for good reason. I mean, it, some, some breakdowns. Corners make mistakes. Corners learn from their mistakes. Corners don't repeat their mistakes. Artie Burns doesn't tackle well, and he constantly gets caught peeking into the backfield. And he's not nearly as fast or, or as athletic as he thinks he is. So, I mean, it's three problems. And I mean, per- so, Perch, is this something that was is new this year for him? This this sort of peaking the backfield thing, or was it an issue last year that just didn't notice as much? I don't think it was near. I think maybe he's a little bit more comfortable this year, and so he is starting to peak in the backfield. You know, we made a joke earlier in the season; he was looking to see if they were going to run the ball so he can get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, and that that was the thing that drove me the, the most crazy about him was he would literally run out of a, a running lane because he just didn't want to tackle somebody. And that was that Jacksonville game where he was like, fuck, I'm not touching this guy. Let me get out of the way. Well, he's been really good to get against the run the last two weeks. I mean, if you watch him, he's, he didn't have a run stop the entire year, the first like seven games and the last two, he's, he's got three, four games. So, I mean, he actually he had did to come up and try to smoke Derrick Henry. I'll give him credit. He did try to come yeah, up and he, smoke Henry, Derrick Henry. So I'll give him credit for yeah, that. He, I think he actually even had a tackle for a loss in that game. I mean, his run play has gotten better. You know, like we said, you know, sometimes that controller gets unplugged where he's literally just standing. He's not doing – it's not like he's guessing wrong. He's doing nothing. He's just standing there in no man's land with his hands out by his side like, 
you know, somebody's running by me and somebody's in front of me and I have no idea what to do. That's happened a few times. And, you know, just, you know, same thing we complained about before. When he does get beat, he doesn't turn on the jets and, and really bust his ass to go track that guy down. He'll jog. So, I mean, there, there's, you know, there's some issues there with Burns. I mean, I think he's, he's a very good man cover guy. If you just say, hey, you know, kind of like Ike Taylor back in the day. Ike wasn't the, the sharpest uh, knife in the drawer. But if you said, Ike, here's a guy, stick with him. He had the physical ability to do it. I think Burns has that. Burns' issues seem to come into effect when he has to read, react, think, and do those sort of things. He's not quite, you know, savvy. Where I think Sensabaugh is a smarter player. William Gay's, you know, never been a great athlete, but made a, a nice career for himself in the league. Deshae Townsend was another one. Super smart guy. He's just, you know, in the right place, in the right position, understood football. I think that's Burns' uh, downfall at this point. Can he get better? Hopefully. I mean, it's He's still a young guy. It's just a season that happened to his career. Yeah, and I mean, to be to be fair, his 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 breakdowns really stand out. I think a little bit more because he's on the outside. But there have been some breakdowns in, in the interior as well. FC as, as well as Mike Hilton has played. He's had at least a, a couple of plays where he didn't carry a guy he's supposed to carry and stuff like that. But you you right, were, there was a mix up, you know. And I can actually live with that a little bit more. Whenever I heard. Uh, it was a tease that a Pittsburgh Steelers suspended four games for <laughs> for drugs. I was like, oh, Christ. They finally caught Artie Burns. That's downer. Because he literally looks out like, he's like, yeah, I did bong rips. No, not before the game. I went into the little, like, tunnel thing and did bong rips. Because he literally will stand around like, huh? Look at the pretty butterflies. And, uh, you know, it's... It's tough. Um, the, the, he, there's so much potential there. And that's you, you don't hammer on garbage players. If it was if it was our third corner and not a first round pick, I guess I wouldn't be nearly as upset. But you know, with Burns, you can tell that there's that ability there to be a solid football player. But between years, he sometimes makes the improper decisions on the football field. Yeah. Well, uh, perch to, but in, even including the mistakes that have been made, I'm gonna. I mean, do you feel better about this defense than you did a year ago? Because that seems undebatable. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that they're they've gotten much better at coverage. They've gotten much better at rushing the passer, and that that's the two things they need. You know, so it, you know we're we're kind of nitpicking. I mean, that's what the second or third rated defense in yards against, pass yards against. Sacks, tackles for losses, pressures on the quarterback, everything you want to see, top three. <laughs> you know, we're spoiled Steelers fans, and if we're not number one, we're throwing a fit. But, yeah, they've gotten a lot better. And Burns, he does have good man coverage skills, you know, and he, he is a really good athlete, and he is really fast. He, but he's got his warts, and they, when he gets beat and makes a mistake, it's spectacular. You know, he doesn't make small mistakes. He makes really fucking big ones that you notice, and you're like, what the hell is he doing? You know, <laughs> he's costing the team the game, that sort of a thing. But, um you know, just the, the interior pressure uh, that, the, that the team gets. You look at some of those plays from that, that last game, that Titans game, and it was almost a race between two at Hardgrave and, and Hayward on which one of the three can beat his guy the, the worst and, and get that sack. And, it, and it, it wasn't just one play like that. It was like ten plays like that where those guys were just completely wrecking shot. You know, I still think we can afford to get better on the edge rush. I, you know, I don't think that we have a guy that can consistently beat – a tackle one-on-one uh, off the edge. I think that's still a big need. And, 
Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, they've got look how deep we are in the secondary. You know, Joe Hayden goes down. We've got we've got a third round pick who could barely even get a hat right now, and he's <laughs> I think he'll be a pretty good player. So I mean, we've got the most depth we've had back there in the back end. We've got good players all through the front seven. You know, they're not perfect everywhere. They don't have an elite edge rusher. <clears throat> they do have some some mental mistakes uh, in coverage, but. You know, looking at it, if we thought before the season we'd have a top five defense and we knew we were going to have a top five offense, we'd be talking, hey, best team in the league. It's been the offense. You know, we much time as we bitch about the defense, we should be bitching about the offense. They're the ones who are underachieving their talent. <laughs> sure. It's hard to bitch about them after a game where they put up 40, though. So that's that's the problem with that. Uh, you don't know us very well. We could find ways to bitch about it. <laughs> oh, definitely. We'll <laughs> <In> this <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think you've said it well. I mean, FC, I guess, based on what Perch just said, though, about edge rushers, like, do you think because the interior rush has been so good that there's enough, they're getting enough from the edge rush to work together to uh, disrupt a guy like Tom Brady? Because the edge rush doesn't really seem to bother him the same way anyway. It's that anterior pass rush. I feel like we sort of built our defense for Tom Brady, even though we like to say, you know, there's – you have to play all the other games and it's not really just, you know, can't be obsessed with the Patriots and so on and so forth. It does feel a little bit like we're built to, to attack that team. I mean, uh, it, uh, I don't know if it was tent, but that is, looks like what's happened. I, I ain't going to complain about it. Um, whenever you train a quarterback, when a kid's in pop Warner and he's drops back to the pass, the first thing he's always taught is, Step up in the pocket. Step up in the pocket. Don't step up and don't step in the bucket. Don't go left, right. And every quarterback in the NFL can't stand interior pressure because whenever they get the ball, they get on that fifth step. They get on that, you know, seventh step. Their natural instinct, what they've been trained to do, is step up in the pocket, climb to safety. It was the big Bill Walsh thing: is you climb the pocket, you get safe. You don't run to the speed of the defense. And that's, you know, that's how you take away Brady, take away Manson, that's how you take away Ben, that's how you take away Rodgers. The way you attack a weak quarterback is you put him in a vice and you close in that vice. And I think the Tennessee Titans are a top five offensive line in the NFL. And what the Steelers' defensive line did to them was, was high school kids versus pros. It looked like, and obviously the Steelers were the pros. I mean, I have a I have a lot of respect for Terry Luan. I have a lot of respect for Quentin Spann. Ben Jones is a pretty decent safety. Um, the other tackle, if you asked me, the kid from Michigan State coming into the year, I would have probably told you was the best right tackle in the NFL. Not no more. <laughs> Not no more. I'll take Marcus Gilbert's steroid taking ass. Yeah, I mean, Perch, uh, uh, you know, this this measurement of the – I mean, I actually, like, like FC said – our outside linebackers in this in this particular game against two good tackles actually had pretty good games. I mean, Dupree actually was uh, particularly active against the run. I thought, um, you know, it's like they're not elite, maybe, but they do seem to be contributors. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty uh, pretty accurate assessment of it. Is you know you get constant uh, contributions whether it's you know uh, game changing plays or not. But you know, I guess he said that you know I think we talked about on the show last week going into the game that that was probably the best pair of offensive tackles we'd face all year. 
And I think that the offensive tackles held up fairly well for Tennessee, but the interior, we just, you know, absolutely dominated. You thought that was bad. Wait till you see what happens against Green Bay this week. <laughs> if you watch the Ravens game and you got a, a quarterback who's young, who holds the ball way too freaking long, who looks confused and lost and has an offensive line that can't keep him clean, you know, it's it should be a field day for, for this defensive line in front seven this week coming up. Talking yeah. about our front seven after this year, and we're going to lose him because he's going to be a free agent or maybe after next year. I'm willing to go out on the line and promise you that LT Walton makes at least one Pro Bowl team. He is the best Steelers player that no one talks about. Yeah, he it seems like he, he, he doesn't phenomenal. play. Phenomenal. Makes a lot of plays, for sure. He can on the play field. anywhere. Anywhere across the defense line. He can play a one technique. He can play a three technique. He can play a two-gap uh, two nose tackle. He can play a two-gap um, defensive end. Yeah, who are you going to play him over? That's the problem. <laughs> Three pretty good guys in front of him. Yeah, uh, that's that was my point. I'm not, and that's not me knocking the Steelers saying they're not getting him into the game. I mean, Alu Alu actually deserves an opportunity before he does. I'm not even saying he should be the fourth or fifth guy off the bench. What I'm saying is, we're got to the point with our defensive line where our fifth or sixth best defense or defensive lineman probably could start for 85 to 90 percent of the teams in the NFL. Hey, uh, w- one last uh, note on the. Uh, our defensive uh, front seven perch did can you believe that Stefan to it lined up at left out uh, left end left defensive end and batted down a slant pass to the opposite side of the field now that's not something you see every day right that guy's had a tremendous season i think yeah when he's been healthy and been in there but like fc said when he hasn't been in there Boy, the, the guys backing him up have done a pretty good job, too. So we, okay, we do have kind of an embarrassment of riches at, at, at uh, that position. I don't remember the play that you're talking about, though. It's the one that Watt hit. It's yeah, the one that looped. Watt hit. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, go ahead. You... No, UFC, you got it. Um, they looped the defensive end. They brought, uh, they brought Watt from the inside and looping uh, to it out of the corner of his eyes. Sees, you know, five-step drop, quick slant. I wouldn't say it was a real quick slant, but sees the slant and deflects the ball. It's yeah. ridiculous. Good. Okay. Yeah, I, I I was just trying to remember that play. It's been a while, but yeah, yeah, I, I do remember that. But, See, uh, I said to FC, did he remember what the, the game on Thursday purchase? I kind of remember. Um, you would think that the, 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 the <laughs> long tokes, huh? <laughs> yeah, keeping you sharp, man. Yeah, uh, they are. So let's let's for a second. You mentioned uh, we've you've mentioned a couple times Gilbert with the suspension. Um, obviously, the timing is less than ideal considering that the last game of that is going to be against uh, New England, although, you know, not known for the big, you know, uh, outside pass rushers. They do have a couple of guys that can play. Uh, Perch, you know, how do you feel like this is going to affect – I mean, does, does this put the Steelers in jeopardy in terms of uh, dropping one of these games that's not a New England game? Like, is it going to downgrade the, the offense significantly? The big concern now is one more in- injury. You know, you can get, but you've got six pretty effective, pretty good offensive linemen. What happens if another tackle goes down? What happens if an interior guy goes down? Then you're really getting to the, you know, the the limit of how much you can really afford to take on. I mean, you know, if you look at it big picture, uh, we've had what ten games this year, and and Gilbert's only played in four. <laughs> you know, so out of the first fourteen games of the year, we'll have uh, we'll be starting Hubbard for ten of the fourteen. So it's not like, you know, it's it's a huge, huge, huge uh, letdown to not have him there. The issue or my concern is, you know, let's let's wrap the rest of the offensive linemen in, in bubble wrap for the next four weeks because we just can't afford to have 
you know, two backups in the game. And there, and there is a, a drop-off, especially in the red zone. You know, we've all seen the stats, how well the Steelers perform with, when Gilbert's in the game in the red zone and how poor when Hubbard's in there. And not that that's all reflective on Hubbard, but there's got to be something to that. So, you know, you kind of want these guys playing together and gelling and, and coming down the stretch, you know, as one cohesive offensive line and not having, you know, your right tackle out for four games. But it just to me, I think they'll get through it just fine with the exception of if one more guy gets hurt, then they're fucked. My boy, Dale Lawley, had a discussion about this red zone thing, and he was trying to figure it out. And I, it seems quite simple. Um, with Marcus Gilbert in there, um, you don't got to chip with the back, and you don't got to keep the tight end. And so you get an extra, you know, receiver or an extra participant that can touch the ball, you know, versus whenever you have, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to knock Hubbard, but you do got to chip with the back. You do got to keep the H back in, or you got to, you know, help him with the tight end, which is, you know, a second. And a second is the second, it's a huge difference in the red zone. Everything's so compressed. He actually disagreed with me. I think Dale Ollie's a fucking pod. So I'll go with my answer over his. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, uh, Perch, uh, Juju with a little bit of a hamstring. Uh, strain. Did you view that statement that Tomlin made about it as being more of like a know the difference between being injured and hurt kid? Yeah, because he followed that up with his next line was, well, you know, he's a young guy. He needs to get reps if he's going to play. Like, you know, put rub some dirt on it, kid. You know, quit quit <laughs> limping around and get back out on the field. It's kind of how I took it. But but I mean, it's a it's a little bit of an issue if if uh, he is not a hundred percent. You know, like there's a milk carton out there with Eli Rogers' photo on it. I'm sure. Well, I mean, when Eli Rogers is in the game, Ben has not looked at him, even attempted a pass to him, and and you know what's it been three or four games that he's been back. I mean, he's not getting any ball. I don't know if he, he's just lost Ben's trust or what it is, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this game this week, you're playing against a team who really should not score more than ten points on you. I think that they can get Brian with, you know, if Martavis Bryant is your second starter, eh, I think that's that's a pretty good, you know, fallback yeah. plan. But yeah, no, as, a lot well, of people would like to get by with Martavis Bryant. Oh, absolutely. And I tell you what, yeah. talk about Juju for a minute, though. The plays that guy is making. He didn't have a big week last game. He had, what, like four catches, 50 yards, something like that. But that third down play down near the goal line where he it was a, you know, no, I wouldn't say a poorly thrown ball, but high and away from the body into traffic where he had to reach up catch that thing with his hands hard and take a hard hit. And he makes those plays over and over. And, and those are the plays, these little smurf receivers we've had in the past would, would either it would tick, go off their fingertips and they'd miss or they'd you know catch it, get hit, and drop it. He's a physical son of a gun, man. And when he gets the ball in open field, man, he breaks tackles. He's a very tough guy to tackle. He blocks his ass off, whether it's a, you know, a wide receiver screen or a run play. You see him blocking to the whistle, pushing guys out of bounds. He is one heck of a of a team player, and just you know, I think he's going to be outstanding by next year. He's a thousand, he's a, a, a everyday starter, and he's a thousand yard receiver, and, and you know, he's he's basically a bigger, stronger Heinz Ward uh, for for us, or an Anquan Bolden type of player, maybe a faster Anquan Bolden for us, uh, you know, a year from now. So just can't can't be more pleased with how you know how well he's played and how much they've thrown at him. I mean, he, a guy who missed most of training camp came in as the slot receiver, moved to the outside. Everything they've thrown at him, he's picked up. And Vicky, so he's smart, he works hard, he's strong, he, he takes, he makes those physical plays, can, contest catches, just everything that you'd want out of a, a receiver to be a compliment to Antonio Brown that that kid has. 
and his personality. I mean, the city just, you know, fell in love with him from the day he got here. He's just, what a, what a heck of a pick. Uh, just, you can't, I, I don't think we've, you know, complimented the guy enough yet. You know, uh, I, he, imagine how good he'll be when he's 25. You know what I mean? It's like he just turned 21 today. That that's a part. Well, that's one of the more incredible parts. Um, by the way, FC, uh, someone uh, was arguing me arguing with me this week on Twitter about uh, you know why Minnesota is a top five team, and uh, and they were sort of you know downgrading uh, some of the other teams that I put forward like Carolina or whatever, but they were saying well Minnesota has you know the the uh, top wide receiver one two combo in the league, and I was like wait a minute. <laughs> is that is that true? I like, Dylan. I like Diggs, but I wouldn't say that's true. No. But I mean, I would, in terms in terms of results, there's absolutely no question that the Steelers have the best uh, one-two punch in the league right now with Schuster and Brown. Is I, think there any- teams, I think both these teams this week. That I think the Packers and Steelers both have superior receiving cores to Minnesota. Um, I, mean, I, I think. I'm sorry, guys. Statistically, yes, yeah, just real quick. Statistically, I wouldn't Thalen and, and uh, Diggs be ahead of, of Brown and, and Schuster? They are not. They are not. We we have uh, – the Steelers have have more yards and more touchdowns for starters. Yeah. Diggs' numbers aren't nearly what I would – I was I actually played fucking daily fantasy sports, too. And Diggs' numbers aren't nearly as impressive as you would think they are. Thalen's are incredible. He he's a guy that went from the small school that made the jump that really really got his shit together um, this year. I think he's one one of the truly elite wide receivers in the NFL. I will say that about about Thielen. But Diggs' numbers aren't what you would expect. Well, Thielen and, though three three touchdowns. You know what I'm saying? So right, right. You know, in terms of this year, he has like good. a ton of catches and a ton of yards. Yeah, go ahead, Perch. Yeah, I mean, those guys are also not having a, a Hall of Fame quarterback throwing the ball. They've got a third stringer. So I could but see they, him. They have an offensive coordinator, they, but they have an offensive coordinator, though. Go ahead. I could just see if I was a Minnesota homer that I could make that argument that the, those two are, you know, they're both consistent. We have we have such a big one that our, our two is, you know, you could put anybody out there with Antonio Brown and they're going to be close to the league lead in stats, right? But, yeah. you know, I, I could see, you know, Minnesota's certainly got an argument for, for, for that, uh, that crown. Even if you add in Rudolph and Jerick McKinnon as the pass catching back with that, I ain't buying into it either. I mean, I, I like Minnesota. I really like I like Zimmer. I like their offense, uh, and uh, I like what they're doing with their offense. But you know, especially considering when you're on, they're on their third string quarterback. I mean, Case Keenum might be the best quarterback that we faced yet this year. I, so far, yeah. You know, Alex Smith. Oh boy, this, he made some. Bad fucking throws. I think the Steelers really exposed the Chiefs. Is what happened, and uh, so yeah. Well, they're they're kind of in free fall right now. I mean, there's a there's a chance that they get caught by by the Chargers, which is unbelievable to say, but, but uh-huh. possible. Me and Perch will pound our chest about that. <laughs> we may not start off good, but yeah, <laughs> sixteen week season, boys. Yeah, but, exactly. You know, Sticking with that subject real quick, other than how, how smart your two co-hosts are and, and, and yes, uh, fix there, um, who do we not want to see get that sixth playoff seed in the AFC? To me, it, it's the Chiefs. Or I'm not sorry, the Chiefs, the Chargers. That oh, team, oh. they've got the best. Now, we talked about the best combo receivers. They have the best, and I will not take any other answer, combination of edge rushers in the, in the league. Ingram and Bosa are, are just outstanding, right? Yep. Uh, yep. That, that team's got – 
we we talked about it for years. So much freaking talent. They've, they've they've done so well in the draft and had so many good young players. And Rivers can still be dangerous. That's not a team I'd want to get the sixth seed and you know upset somebody and come to Pittsburgh for you know round two. You imagine if they had their number one corner. You know, yeah. correct off for the year. I mean, I I think you know the thing I will say about that is I think their chances just based on that they lose a tiebreaker to everybody. Um, their chances right now uh, of getting the four seed might even be better than their chances of getting the six because, because Baltimore and Tennessee's uh, schedule is like, they don't play anybody. Um, so the chances of them getting it as a wild card is a little bit less. They'd have to run the table, I think. Uh, whereas with Kansas city, I think they, you know, five and one chargers might catch the chiefs. Um, Cause one of those games is Kansas city. Uh, anyway, well, I guess that's a natural uh, segue. We'll come back and, and make our predictions for Steelers and Green Bay. Actually, barely talked about Green Bay, but we'll get to that in the next section. Let's go to, to talk about our Around the League pick segment brought to us by. Dean Blandino, Chico's, Bill Bonds, Mike Pereira, and the turkey that we're going to fucking eat tomorrow. Uh, it's also brought to us by Roger the Clown. It's been yeah. so long, but he's back in the news, Perch. What do you, th- what do you think about all of that? Uh, GNC Supplements. And uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Bud, Bud Light, Dilly Dilly, and Dilly Dilly. Yeah, that's good. That's actually. A dilly, good, dilly. That's a, I can't believe we haven't. Did anybody catch whenever Ben did it last? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh my god, whatever he did, I was like, no, he did not. <laughs> yes, he did. And he did it with so close to the snap count too. So it was like, wow, that's that's gonna did did, did that just happen? That's funny. Yeah, it's the new Omaha. They'll have to keep doing it. I think. Uh, but I wonder if the league will frown on that because it's like free advertising. I don't know. Could be. Uh, there's there, we talked for a second about the Chargers. Let's talk about their their game this week. They're at Dallas. Dallas is you know Dallas is mostly depleted. I think more than anything. I think Dallas is still a pretty good team, but they're man, they're having sort of a nightmare season right now. I don't know if uh, Tyron Smith is supposed to play this week or Sean Lee. I know that Zeke isn't going to play. Perch, what happens when the Chargers visit Dallas this week? They're a one-point favorite. Have any two teams in the last decade done less with more than, than <laughs> these two teams? I mean, it's like, who's going to find a way to fuck this one up in the fourth quarter? <laughs> I want to call it, who's, who's, whoever has the, whoever's the favorite is going to win because it's gonna, it's going to end in a 20-20 to 20 tie. Uh, they're going to get to the fourth quarter. They're both going to fail and stumble throughout overtime. It'll finish at, at a tie, 20-20. There you go. Boy, that uh, what was the game last week that the overtime went down to the wire? I was like, wow, it's really, like they're playing for the tie. Yeah, that's right, Jacksonville, Cleveland. Oh my god, uh, what do you what do you think, FC Chargers? A one point favorite. So Perch likes Dallas um, and the one. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Tyron Smith is going to play this week. Um, I'm still going to take the San Diego Chargers, um, even with a healthy Tyron Smith. Um, I, I, I hear all these people say Tyron Smith's the best left tackle in the NFL, blah, 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 blah. I would like to remind everyone that Tyron Smith has allowed more sacks in his career so far than Anthony Munoz did in a 18-year career or 16-year career. Um, I think uh, I like the Chargers. The reason I like the Chargers is I like Keenan Allen. I like Terrell Williams. And I like the assortment of backs, starting with Melvin Gordon, and I think the Cowboys are a fraud. And I think Dak Prescott is a fraud. And I said Dak Prescott has been a fraud since day one. I don't think he's been a stinky, smelly jockstrap. And if you're going to compare him to a Steelers quarterback, I remember Cordell And if you want someone even a little bit more comparable to him, a young Mark Malone. 
<laughs> uh, I think from now on, our, we may have to add to the sponsors Ben Roethlisberger's Stinky Smelly Jockstrap. I think that's a, a worthy addition. <laughs> um, just uh, We're not going to talk about New England and Miami because I know which way Perch will go with that. But how about uh, – Where's about, the team at? <laughs> that, game, that game is at New England, and the New England's like okay. a 17-point yeah. favorite. So, yeah, not, yeah. not worth discussing. Uh, but let's talk about – uh, maybe a game with a little bit of impact. That's Jacksonville going to Arizona. Jacksonville's a four and a half point favorite playing at Arizona. You know, the Yinzers uh, should be rooting for Arizona here in the Pittsburgh West. Uh, Perch, what do you think happens in this game? You know, the law averages. Eventually, that shitty Jaguars passing game has got to, you know, it's somebody's got to catch up to them. And I think Arizona's got, you know, a good enough defense where they can, you know, slow the Jaguars offense, maybe force if they've got some ball hawks in the secondary, force a few turnovers, get some short fields, score some points. The Jags can't keep winning all these games. They just you can't with that passing game that they have. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take Arizona in the upset. So give me Arizona with the points, but I think they'll win straight up. Yeah, what say you, FC? Wow, you picked out a very very difficult game. I like Doug Moran. I like Jacksonville's coach. And you got to love that defense. But I'm leaning – if – I believe the Cardinals are now on their third quarterback. I just can't do it. I'll take the Jags. I hope that they lose. But, you know, you're Carson Palmer, and now you're through Drew Stanton. No way. I, I, I'll pick the Jaguars. I hope the perch is right. Yeah, I sort of feel like the uh, the quarterbacks are even, but the defenses are not. So I'm going to take Jacksonville, too. Um, that uh, that more or less sums it up. I, the only other thing I wanted to mention was, uh, I guess we're talking about Oakland-Denver. At, at Oakland, a five-point favorite over Denver. I mentioned this because uh, the Broncos are going to start their uh, third quarterback of the season. Um, some kid from from Western Kentucky or whatever the hell he's from. No, no, Memphis, right? Yeah. Memphis. Yes, Paxton Lynch. Yeah. I, I know that because I, you know, I was all over Paxton Lynch coming yeah. out. I thought he was a value, good value buy, but Perch doesn't look like it now. This will this be the Paxton Lynch breakout game that that Denver hopes it is? Yeah, probably not. I mean, I, I think there's a reason that <laughs> there's a reason they they drafted him in the first round and have buried him on the depth chart. Uh, it's because he's you know not very good. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, John Elway is going to finally start taking some heat for some of the poor decisions he's made, but. Uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, – I mean, boy, Oakland's offensive looked bad too. I mean, this is this is kind of kind of a trap game because I think both teams are, ba- you know, badly underachieving. Coming into the season, I, you know, I thought that Oakland would be the team that would be pushing San Diego out west this year. But, um, yeah, they've had some injuries and their offense hasn't quite got on track. But, yeah, I think Oakland at home will win this game. Yeah, that, that whole division is like – I I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Denver in the points. Although I think Oakland will win the game. Uh, one last quick one: um, two free falling teams. Who can free fall the fastest at Kansas City? A ten point favorite over Buffalo. Um, that's just that's a those two teams are playing so bad right now. Uh, I don't know, FC. You see anything in this? Yeah, um, I cannot believe that uh, McDermott made the move to Peterman and bench Tyrod Taylor. I understand Tyrod Taylor was having problems, but he was having a winning season. That's not something that you have very often in Buffalo. And uh, 
I've seen a lot of Nathan Peterman at Tennessee. Then I've seen a lot of Nathan Peterman at Pitt, and I knew that he was pretty terrible. Um, I'll take the Chiefs. I think that McDermott basically, with making that move, you know, lost the season. Yeah, I think they were already like, like you know, borderline, knowing that they have to play, you know, some tough, some tough games down the stretch. But yeah, that's a very disappointing result for them. Uh, but you think it'll it, now they go back to Tyrod? What happens in Kansas City? Oh yeah, I was just saying you didn't pick. Did you pick a winner? Oh yeah, I did. Um, I'll take Kansas City. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. No worries. Uh, Perch. Yeah, ten points is a huge line. I mean, I definitely think the Chiefs win, but yeah, with you know Tyrod Taylor coming back, maybe it's a shot in the arm. But the Bills' defense has been so bad the last couple weeks. I mean, how good were they the first six, seven, eight games of the year, and how bad have they been the past two, two or three? Uh, yeah, I mean, the Chiefs are going to get right in this game, so I'll take the Chiefs in giving those ten points away. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm inclined to say the Chiefs at home. I don't know about covering ten though. That's that's rough. Uh, but I guess I guess we'll see the Chiefs in ten, considering how bad Buffalo has been. It's like it'll be a fun game to see who can. You talking about the the uh, the Chargers Dallas game for like who can uh, fuck it up in the fourth quarter? I think this is a game where who you know who can make the most mistakes over the course of the day will probably uh, lose the game. Uh, that does it for our illustrious pick segment. Uh, that'll bring us back to your five-star matchup because the Steelers are in it. That's Pittsburgh versus Green Bay. We didn't talk a lot about Green Bay, so before we do the picks, maybe we talk a little bit about this matchup. I, I mean, aside from the fact that Aaron Rodgers is gone, Perch, um, there's a lot of other stuff with this team that's dysfunctional right now, yes? Yeah, well, I mean, that's the biggest thing. Their offensive line the past handful of years has been you know, shaky at best, I thought, Um just uh, some of the playmakers on the outside aren't doing as well as is what they'd like. They really haven't had a legitimate NFL starting caliber running back for, for some time, but their defense is still pretty good. I mean, watching that last game, I mean, granted they were playing balls more shitty offense, but Clay Matthews and those guys can still get some pressure. I think they got some guys in the back end that uh, have a nose for the ball. You know, I just overall that, that quarterback situation is so bad. The protection is so bad. The lack of the running game is, is so bad. You like I said a couple weeks ago against the Colts, you really, really got to try to fuck this one up. You have to work pretty hard to screw it up, and it's the same thing this week. The difference is it's a home game and it's a prime time game, and you know how you could tell. I mean, the Steelers are an emotional team. Playing a big rival, they very seldom do they have a, a letdown. If they're playing in prime time, very seldom do they have a letdown. They're playing a bad team on the road when they're favored by ten points. They're probably going to lose. So I, I mean, this game, if, if the it stays prime time, it hasn't been flexed out as far as I know. No. Nope. Uh, yeah. So it, it, they'll come out. They want to, you know, show out in front of the league and and earn their Pro Bowl votes and have everybody, you know, on Twitter talking about uh, how you know the big game that Antonio Brown had and and everything else. So I think the Steelers win and cover this week. I got to put a score to it. Eh, let's go twenty-five fifteen. Steelers blowout. <laughs> FC, what do you think about this this matchup? We talk about Green Bay a little bit since we didn't get to address sure. them very um, much. I got a few. There's a few questions that I would like to have the answer to. To rock on to is Clay Matthews going to play this week? Is Kenny Clark going to play this week? Both left the game injured. Um, the Green Bay offensive line is decimated. Uh, they have two very good safeties in Ha Ha Clinton Dix and uh, uh, Morgan Burnett. 
Uh, their corners are hit and miss. They've suffered a lot of injuries. Then you go to the offenses, back to the offensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, Montgomery with the broken ribs. Aaron Jones, their other running back, has been, you know, injured quite a bit. Uh, they drafted Williams out of BYU. He's really not the answer. Uh, David Bakhtiari, I thought last year might have been the second or maybe even the best left tackle in football for the amount of times Green Bay passes and what they ask him to do, even better than Tyrod Smith. Um, he's obviously not healthy and not right. Brett Hundley is definitely not Aaron Rodgers. Brett Hundley definitely is not Brett Favre. Brett Hundley is somewhere around Don Mikowski for all those older, <laughs> the magic man. Um, I like McCarthy. He's coming home. Um, you've got a lot of assistants from Green Bay that have Pittsburgh ties. I think they're going to be ready to play. I think the Steelers are going to win this game 27-21. I think they're going to have us grabbing our chest at times. I think this is going to be a classic Ben comeback to win the game. I think the Steelers are going to play down to the level of the Green Bay Packers. And it's we're going to do what we do, which is probably keep a shitty team in the game much longer than we should. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I like this. I can. I do think that we'll get after what the embarrassment that, that Green Bay had last week against the Ravens. I think that we will get their best shot. Uh, but I think that the the opening of the game will dictate whether it's um, a, you know a Steelers team that pulls away in the second half or a game where the Steelers lead you know, from the beginning. Um, so, I mean, I would say worst case scenario for the Steelers is that they, they win this game, you know, in the neighborhood of like, you know, 28, 13 or something. But I, I think what they'll actually do in this game is put up 34 and that the Packers probably not going to be able to score more than uh, 13 in this game. I just, I mean, even when they're playing their best, there's just too many problems. And, I'm not sure what will happen with, with Clay Matthews, uh, but you know, with, without that threat being 100% on the outside, then it, it really uh, is a bit of an issue uh, for Green Bay. They, as, as good players as they have at certain positions, they seem to have holes everywhere, and I feel like you play a good team, whatever holes you have are going to be exposed. Uh, so I, I, just, you know, I think the Packers will run the ball a lot, Maybe maybe they have a shot keeping the score down if they can run it successfully. Uh, I I still take the Steelers thirty four thirteen. I know this you know this is a game where I say it's going to be a blowout and Perch says there's you know they'd have to work really hard to screw it up. That's usually a recipe for a really bad Steelers game, like a you know maybe a eking out a victory. But I guess we'll find out. Um, I'll give you the last word, Perch. For you, what's going on? It's home in prime time, man. We we, we got to have a little bit of a positive spin on one of these weeks. So I don't I don't know. I just, I just can't see the Steelers not performing well in a home prime time game. Maybe if we could have them wear those uh, color rusher or throwback jerseys every week of the season, they'd probably go undefeated. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I'm pretty confident about this week. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to all you knuckleheads out there uh, who listen to the show and contribute on the board. And I hope everybody stays safe and has a good week. FC, how about you and your last word? Um, a lot of people think the three of us are negative, and I would definitely say that Perch and I are a little bit more caustic than people probably like at times, but it's just not in our nature to wave pom-poms. And I'm not saying that you do, B2B, because it's the furthest things from the truth, but you look at things naturally more with a glass half full than I do with a glass half empty approach. 
I love my Steelers. I can sit here and bitch about 50 things from the Steelers' victory against the Titans. I sarcastically put, if the Steelers win a game by 40 points, we'll bitch that they didn't win it by 50. <laughs> it's just what kind of I was brought up in, meaning the Steelers won four Super Bowls by the time I was six years old. The only thing I know of is the Steelers winning, winning, winning. And then we had the 80s and 90s. And I don't ever want to live those, through those times again. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I like my Steelers being very good. My point is, is I think this team can win a championship this year. So if they have a shitty performance, or if, I'm not going to be bright and I'm not going to be happy. Last thing is, I couldn't agree more with Perch. Thanksgiving time. Don't drink and drive. Love your family. Hang out. Be good to each other. And just have fun. And if you don't be an idiot. Don't go fucking shopping. They have this crazy thing called the internet. And they got this other crazy thing called free shopping or free shipping. So you don't just go to your computer, order shit there, get it delivered to your house. Don't put up with the nonsense and enjoy your Steelers victory. <laughs> hey, if they had free shopping, I think that would be a big, big boost to the economy. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would just say, listen, travel safely. That's a big thing. We just uh, we get into the holiday season, both Thanksgiving and, and moving forward. Um, there's, I think the incidence of crazy driving is like at its all-time worst, maybe. So take it easy out there. Drive like a golf cart. That seems to work. Um, for avoiding trouble and uh, and beyond that enjoy your holiday and I, you know only thing I have to say is I my senses with this team although they're sitting kind of atop the conference right now I feel like the best is yet to come with them and uh, as long as you can continue to feel that it's hard not to be optimistic so that and uh, and it's hard not to feel optimistic when they're some kind of a giant truck is doing something outside your window while you're doing a podcast. Anyway, <laughs> gentlemen, uh, thanks again to FC and Perch. Great job as always. And uh, to all you uh, mad people out there in Steelers <laughs> Nation, uh, enjoy your enjoy your holidays. And let's talk next week after a big Steelers victory. Go get them, Steelers. Go tell us. Steelers. Fury. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.